This episode is dedicated to the younger me. The person that was struggling for those dark years when I was younger in my 20s and with addiction. And I remember days when I didn't know if it was a tomorrow where I was felt like I lost everything and felt like I, 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 I let people down. And I remember being hurt and afraid and alone and felt like somehow the world gave up on me. And I want to dedicate this episode to that younger man and to let him know we did it. And say we sitting here today sober, six years, almost seven. And yo, we did it. And I kept my promise to him and we're going to keep going. And this episode is dedicated to everyone out there. I'm asking you all to love yourself, good, bad, and ugly, past, present, and future. Have mercy and compassion. Let's keep going. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober's Dope Podcast, episode 35, with your host, Pop Buchanan. Ladies and gentlemen, we have hit... A hallmark with the Sober is Dope podcast. We had our 35th episode. That's so exciting. And today, this episode is going to be... Um, this episode is important to me because um, it shows a level of consistency. And I want to talk to you guys today very plainly... Um, as I take my walk in the park, okay, this is another walk in the park segment, um, because consistency and sobriety is very important. Uh, when I was younger, I had a, I, my, I guess it was my personality, um, type. I was very gun, I was always gun whole in starting things, but I never really, um, was successful in always finishing or following through and you have different personality types like you know one of my cousins he we call him the finisher he has the ability to really follow through um so you know when we put together the team it's like well maybe pop could be the one to launch it or spearhead it you know we could call shay shay could strategize everything in the middle then we could call one of our other cousins to finish it but in general It's very important in life to be able to start something and see it through. So today I just, I'm very excited today. You know, I have so much coming to you guys. I want to thank everyone that's been supportive to the podcast so far. You know, we have a long way to go. I have some beautiful guests that I'm lining up for you guys. Um, And I have a lot of positive, really positive things. So... Look, today I want to talk about a few things. First thing I want to talk about um, out the gate is patience. Um, I'm, I really was down on myself and really upset because, you know, one of my friends was a little bit 
inebriated and um and I didn't, I didn't necessarily lose my temper but I got frustrated and I I had to remember where I came from but I also had to you know think to myself you know I had to acknowledge the fact that I was upset and I was like well why are you upset pop you know you should understand you've been there before um and I just think I'm growing and I wanted to kick it with you guys out there because this is a part of our sobriety where not a lot of people talk about. They talk about addiction, recovery, doing the steps and stuff like that. But in the real world environment, we have to talk about how we change. You know, we become different people when we really get into the beginning and the thick of our sobriety. And is it is it fair of us to have to like turn the other cheek all the time if something bothers us if we're if we're very, if we're more sensitive you know I, I learned that I'm a little bit more sensitive now like I'm, I'm I I'm I live such a strict clean kind of like straightforward life that um you know if and, and look I have a good tolerance if it's a one-off type situation if someone is a little intoxicated here and once in the blue, but if I'm around somebody and it start, if it's like a three or four day process, I start trying to encourage the person to break the cycle. Um, and I'm not totally an asshole, excuse my language, guys, but I've just noticed that I have like a zero tolerance. Like I get very uncomfortable and very upset. So if you're out there, shoot me an um, email or a message online at monkhealing at gmail. Let me know your thoughts. Do you guys get upset in your sobriety when you see someone else? And if this affecting you, do you get uncomfortable? So the theme for me today was, look, I have to learn to be patient. And but at the same time, I have to kind of be stern and explain to the people that I love why I get upset and why I care because I feel like every day we don't take the step to change and recover we lose a lot of momentum in our life so what do I mean by that when I look back in retrospect I'm like damn I kind of blew a cool five to seven years of my life I mean from being a young man to a grown man if I take up all the time I was just drinking and smoking if I removed those behaviors out of my life I would have had a free as far as time I would have had a extra five to seven years of that I could have been doing something else with my life right so is a certain to a certain degree I'm playing catch up and I have compassion for people when I see them struggling, I'm like, look, I could see the lower vibration, I could see them hurting. Um, and that's that. So if I get impatient or if I get a little upset, it's coming from a place of love. And I try to sit there and tell, explain to them that we have one life and we're really out to really take it to the next level. And I just really wish I could give the gift of sobriety to everyone that's struggling, and we can't. Because we all have to deal with that reality of the person needing to hit their um, their reality of rock bottom. They have to hit their baseline of transformation to, to when they're going to want to change. And sometimes we have to sit there and painfully watch the process of a person going from zero, you know, from 100 to zero and back up again. So my thing, ladies and gentlemen, is, um, you know... Uh, you know, 
it may be hard sometimes, but we have to exercise absolute patience and compassion and love. And it just brought me back to my humility. Um, and so this episode is, I, I just want to reflect on, you know, things that's been on my heart and my mind. And I think sometimes we don't give enough love and props to the person that we were. Like, when I was an addict, I wasn't a bad person. I'm an addict now. I mean, when I was in the thick of my addiction, I wasn't a terrible person. And I think sometime in listening back to these episodes, I kind of talk about my former self like I was some, you know, terrible human being or, you know, and I, and I have to remember to have compassion and patience and love for who I was. Because when I was in my addiction, I was a good kid. I just was misguided. I remember days where I was walking in the park, but not like this, where I had my beer and my brandy in my back pocket, had a fight with my girlfriend. She said things that hurt my feelings. I'm in the park. I'm writing poetry or raps, and I'm thinking to myself, damn, man, nobody understands me. Everybody's out to get me. And I was sad. And I was—I always felt like I wish people had patience with me. Why is everybody always upset with me? And then, and then I'll be mad at myself. Like, damn, why did you get drunk and say that? You know, why did you do this thing? And you know, and in the back of my mind, I always had this idea of a day where I could see clear and I would be free of this perceivable bondage I was in. But I didn't know how to articulate it. I just knew, like, I'm going to show the world one day I'm going to beat this thing and I'm going to get to the top. And I used to tell one of my younger cousins, we had a saying that we'll go from zero to 60, then we'll walk on water. And he used to always say, yo, you're going to go to say, he said, I can't wait till you walk on water, walk on water. And the zero to 60 was a metaphor for us getting to the almost to the halfway mark. And from there, it was a metaphor of sobriety. Like, you know, you're at zero. If you get to 60 percent and kick in your natural gifts that God gave you, you're going to go all the way and be miraculous and walk on water. And now I'm on my six years and I caught myself getting impatient with someone else. So it brings me back to the concept of humility, compassion, and patience. And it's going to be a long trip. When you're dealing with the addict, it could be a long run. For my ex-girlfriend, for her, she had an expiration date. She was like, peace, I'm Audi 5000, you know? And for me now, I I have an expiration date for certain people where I say in my mind, you know what, this person don't get together, I'm done. I'm done. And the reason why I think I feel like that in the thick of my anger is because sometimes you could get so upset that you feel like you're about to throw in the towel and sometimes a person could take you there and you could find yourself consistently getting angry to the point to where it's unhealthy for your sobriety so i remember being in um in counseling and my counselor used to always say to me she used to say Well, give me a list of your specific friends and we'll talk about every single friend or everyone that I hung with. And they will literally be like, this person is not good for you. This person is not good for you. And this person is not good for you because they're enablers. And I used to be like, I'm not going to cut off that friend. I love that person. It was like, yeah, but you can't get to the next level if you're hanging with them every day. And I remember fighting with my counselor and I remember saying, I'm not going to leave anyone behind 
because people left me behind and I know how that feels and I'm strong enough to maintain my sobriety while being there for my friends that still struggle and I promise you and my counselor used to always say nope it does not work like that you cannot have enablers around you they're going to bring you right back to your square one and I used to be like you have to trust me you have to trust me Pardon me, guys. That's a Harley Davidson in the background. I'm in the park with you guys, so we're in nature. But that guy, you can hear that Harley roar. Listen, listen to that. So, you know, um, I, I I used to always have this kind of like back and forth with my counselor, and I used to say, just trust me, please. I promise you, I know I could still maintain my friendship and help this person. And I used to have a concept called No Child Left Behind. And I used to think about the addict as a child, like you have to love them like a child and you can't move on in your recovery and leave any of them behind. So I had a no friends and no child left behind policy. So that brings me to this. So I'm here now in six years. I'm at the figurative mark of 60%. I can feel like I'm walking on water. I'm good. Everything's going well in life. And then, you know, the reality hits me that it's just millions of people that are still struggling. So it brings me, I want to tell you guys a story. Yesterday, in my neighborhood in New York, I was walking and I know I parked my car and I saw a young guy, a young man that I know. Um, he was sitting like by the shrubs by this house and he's just sitting on kind of like the sidewalk on some shrubs. And, you know, he has his little drinks and stuff there. He has like a bottle of brandy. He had the same 750 milliliter the bottle of brandy I used to always buy. Um, the, 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 I think it's the quart or the pint. I don't remember. It was a $700.50 E&J bottle I used to always drink. It fit perfectly in the pocket. It was just, it was large enough to totally get the job done and knock me out. And I, and I would drink it and need it again immediately. And that was crazy because I would need to drink those things consistently. And he was sitting there. So, you know, I'm going about my day. I park my car, go to the store. Then I go get something to eat. And I could look down the block. And I said, you know, he had a red hat on so I could peek down the block. And I said, if this guy's still sitting there, if I see that red hat when I come out this restaurant, he better not still be sitting there. I come out the restaurant, see the red hat walking around. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go upstairs, take a shower and stuff. So I'm taking a shower. And I said, damn, man, I know that guy got to be hungry or something, man. And I know he's struggling. So I said, you know what, go back over there and peek down the block. And if you see his little red hat moving around because he stayed in this little area, you know, go talk to him. So I see the red hat. So I'm like, all right, I walk back down the block. So I get closer. He's with his girlfriend, who's an older lady. It was bizarre. She's like an old late, like an older woman. She's like a lease in her. She has to be. I don't know if it was the drugs or the alcohol that has her. Maybe she's younger and looks that old. But I think because her son had, was there and he looked about the same age as the young man I'm talking about. So this lady must have been probably in her 50s, 55, 60. This kid looks like he's in his 20s or 30s. But that's his girlfriend, you know. Oh, uh, you know, you know, us addicts, we don't discriminate. We, you know, we get it how we can get it. So they're arguing and she's like tapping him on the face. Like, I'll punch you in your face. I'm going to punch you in your face. I'll punch you in your face. And then I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? What y'all doing out here? Y'all good? Y'all good? And he goes, Joe, bro, 
I don't know what I'm doing anymore, bro. And I'm like, yo, what happened to your face? So he has a big gash on his nose. His nose is totally bleeding. And he's like, yo, I'm getting beat to death out here. I'm looking around like, who's beating you up? He's like, my wife, man, my girlfriend. And I'm like, the old lady, that's your girlfriend. She beating you up. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at the old lady and she up there. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I said, bro, let's go to the hospital. He's like, nah, I don't want to go to the hospital. And then this is what he said next step broke because the work one i see the brandy on the floor and i know where that goes i see him at the hell point i used to be at i could recognize this this is this is eminent this is like the worst this is like the end of the world this is at rock bottom at least the way it looked to me so i go listen bro i've been telling you this for a long time now you have to, I could help you. We just got to go to the hospital. This is a good opportunity. We go to the hospital, get you cleaned up for your thing. And at the same time, they'll, we get you cleaned up for your injuries. And at the same time, they'll detox you. And then we can get you into a rehab. He's like, nah, that's not for me, bro. I said, yes, man, it's the only way. I said, it's one of the only ways, man. That we, like, you need the help. And then he said, I don't know who I am anymore, bro. I can't even remember what I am or who I am or what I am anymore, bro. And I'm like, damn, man. And it hit me like this addiction shit is no joke. So we have to exercise patience and we have to love people. Because I know what he's saying. He's at the point where I used to be, where I used to say to myself, damn, I think I'm going to die. And I know he threw in the towel and I tried everything to get this kid to the hospital and the rehab. But he wasn't having it. He was like, he shook my hand. He said, just shake my hand, bro. I know you love me, bro, but you got like, not today, man. Not today, man. Just, just let's talk later. Let's talk later. And I'm like, that live and let live, and you gotta wait for these people to hit rock bottom. Reality is so tough when you see the person struggling. So it brings me to say this, the reason why we have the Sober is Dope podcast, the reason I'm telling my story is for gentlemen like that, it's for that couple, it's for my friends who's struggling, it was for the younger me, it's for you guys who's part of the Sober is Dope community, because we all know the reality is we're one drink away from that young man's reality. So I could be here talking to you on a podcast, healthy, walking through the park, sober, six years, that I could just say F it one day, go get a drink, and then within a week I could be sitting there like, yo, I don't know who I am no more, bro. You know? So I don't play with that. And that's why I have so much gratitude and compassion for my sobriety. I'm so happy I made it. I'm happy that I have the bravery to tell my story in a public forum and to put it out there and to share it with the world so everyone can hear it. You know, I got past my ego and the points of where I thought it would be an embarrassment. And, you know, why am I telling my story? I don't fit. I'm not fearful that it will affect my career. I'm very accomplished. I'm educated. I could get a job anywhere, any day. I have my own businesses. So I'm not worried about my public reputation because I'm recovered and I'm trying to just help other people. But... You know, when I started this podcast, I was talking about consistency and our sobriety has a lot to do with consistency. And then it has a lot to do with patience, being patient with ourselves and being patient with the world because it's too easy for us to get upset and to really go off the deep end and to lose grip on why we started. So I, I ask you guys, remember why you started? 
Remember what, you know, remember this thing of ours, this sacred thing of ours called sobriety, this sacred club from God, where we're these people that make these sacrifices to be free from bondage of addiction and to live our best life and to be pure and deal with the bored days, the sad days, and really deal with the discomfort of our emotions and the tough times. And, you know, finding that courage just to be like everyone else, but we don't have a drink to mask our emotions. We can't have, we can't take any pills we can't do nothing we have to be pure because we're addicts and if without our sobriety everything falls apart so this thing of ours is sacred and our companion is god god is there working with us at every moment of the day saying i'm with you guys i remember right and it's a victorious thing so if you out there and you sober to my sober's dope universe yo billy tiffany tana all you guys zachary you know, all my people's out there, if, if, if you if you're doing the sober thing, man, I love you, man. And um, remember, like, I'm letting you guys know big up to you, mad props to you. You guys are outstanding. When I hear your stories, it gives me hope. You guys are kicking meth. You guys are kicking pills. You guys are kicking crack. You guys are kicking everything. I mean, all over the world. Every day I meet another thousand people that have these beautiful stories to tell. So when I say sobriety is dope and sobriety is cool, I mean that from the most humblest part of my heart. Right? It's a really cool thing. Right? And our sobriety is really cool. And I'm happy that we all have the... um, the patience and wherewithal to fight for our lives all right and that brings me to another point that I want to talk about is I was walking here and this was going through my head and I felt compelled to talk about the um, uh, the law of allowing so we have the law of attraction where you 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 the thoughts that you project and the energy that you maintain consistently is what you attract to your life, right? So if I think negative thoughts all day and thoughts of fear, I'm going to live a life of fear and negativity. If I think positive thoughts all day and I'm constantly in a positive vibration, I'm going to look better, feel better, and attract more positive energy. There's another term that they, that they, these guys, that's not, is not as popular that is in relation to the law of attraction called the law of allowing. And the law of allowing is important because it speaks to the patience that I was talking about. Um, Allowing yourself to express yourself, allowing yourself to be free, allowing yourself to love, allowing yourself to not be restrictive and also allowing others to live. Right now, this is the hardest point. If I'm seeing someone else that's drunk or they're on drugs and they're struggling, I have to have the ability to allow them to go through that reality until they're ready to change. Now, that means I have to be patiently waiting and next to them in spirit. So when they're ready, I'm like, I'm here. I'm here to catch you. But I can't impose and 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 impose my will on them to the point to where they don't have the freedom and this is something i'm fighting with because people very close to me still struggle to a certain degree with um some forms of addiction and and it's hard it's hard and the law of allowing is me being man enough to say well i gotta let them find their journey 
So I, you know, and, and that's hard because I'm not good at it. Because I be sometimes I come across as very judgmental, very like like a drill sergeant. And I'm only a drill sergeant to the people that I love because I love them. And you know, I have to learn to let people live. So the live and let live mentality and concept of AA speaks to the law of allowing and a live and let live mentality of AA speaks to being patient. So here today on our 35th episode of the Sober's Dope podcast, while I walk in nature, I'm I'm in nature with you guys. Lately, I want to be like really raw and uncut because when I'm in nature, this is part of our health and wellness and part of how I maintain my sobriety. I'm walking, you, you're walking with me through my process. So Pop Buchanan walks in nature. He walks in the hills and the forest every night. I live next to a forest and it's on hills and I walk in the forest and I'm talking to you guys and you can hear um, the street, the cars, then you can hear nature hopefully and the wind in the background, but it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because on our 35th episode, I want to just tell you guys I love you and bring it all together, all right? Um, because being sober and being in recovery is a very sensitive thing. And God is good, right? God is good. So when I mentioned earlier, the next thing I want to do on this segment is I want to read you guys a poem because I'm a poet, believe it or not. I'm a, in addition to being a rapper and a lyricist, I'm a real poet. And I wrote some of my greatest work when I was drinking, when I used to be intoxicated. But remember earlier when I told you guys that I have to have compassion for the younger me, the, the me, that the, the, the person that was addicted. I can't always talk about me and my past like I was some degenerate because I was in addiction. I have to have compassion and love. I was a really good person. I just drank too much and I had a disease of alcoholism and I just couldn't stop drinking at some point in my life. So at some point, my life became unmanageable because I had a disease. Doesn't make me a bad guy. It doesn't make the kid that I was talking about on the side of the road a bad guy. It doesn't make the person on the street or the drug addict a bad person. Addiction is addiction and we can't judge. But out of respect for the younger me, I'm going to start reading his work because I can't block that kid in the box because he was trying to express himself even when he was in his addiction. I wrote poems every day. You know why? Because I thought I was going to die. And I said, if I died, I want my kids. Well, I don't have kids, but I, I, I figured I was in my illusion or delusion. I was like, I want my kids or the people that I love to remember me. And I want to leave a testimony of my thought patterns. And this is all I have. I have my addiction. I have my mind and my heart and my spirituality and my spoken word. So I'm going to read poems throughout these segments and commemoration and respect for the younger me. Because although I'm recovered I'm not that far removed and I have to show more honor and respect for the person that used to struggle. You know, too much I hear people talk about themselves when they was in their addiction as if they was like the scum of the earth. And we was good people. We are good people. Right. I'm not going to play the younger me, man. I was never on it like that. I never robbed or tried to steal or hurt anybody. I mean, I did dumb things. I would go through a lot to get a bottle if I ain't have it. But I wasn't like out there trying to hurt nobody or kill anybody or really do anything bad. 
I was always in my own place, just trying to just going through the motions. And then God delivered me and I'm here now. So bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, as I read one of my poems. Um, so I have a bunch of poems online that I published um, through Poem Hunter. Um, and <laughs> I have like a good 45 or 50 poems there. And it's really cool because, um, hey, that was one good thing I did, man. I, to- I, t- I told a story and I left the record. So I'm going to share this with you guys. And this is a lot for me, guys. But for our 35th episode today, um, you know, I want to... Um, check this out so let's see what we got we got here's some of the titles right poems of joseph buchanan third rock from the sun that's about my mother if i traveled on my own merkaba merkaba my spacesuit the love chronicles 11 11 2012 the a teenage love almonds and mints black is the color of my true love's hair Brooklyn Extended, Caterpillars and Butterflies, Cry Baby Cry. All right. Oh, man. So I got a lot here. So the first poem I'm going to share with you guys, because I love you all in the Sober's Dope community. This poem is called My Spacesuit. All right. So this is Younger Joseph. This is Younger Pop Buchanan. So here we go. My spacesuit. Living within my mind's computer, my soul's universe, and my heart's planet allows me to tap into the never-ending kingdoms where adventures lurk within the murky waters of my dreams. Dual existences within and without me. For when I close my eyes, I become my multidimensional self. I open my eyes and I become a dream within my soul's sleep. And that dream is played out on a planet called Earth. Not science nor magic, this reality is all too real. For if the Earth is my brother and the moon is my sister, my mother that feeds me must be the sun. Since my father is God, who art is in heaven, I am a son of that masterpiece and one with it all. So many pictures I see, faces forgotten, memories lost, and places to be. My dreams are so precious. My third eye has opened and my melatonin is becoming super conductive. This is my human condition, my human religion, my human rendition in the physical form. My body is a piece of cloth to cover up my solar spirit, my spacesuit for earth, my garment of light, and my shroud of Torin. Who and what am I to partake in such an existence? I live in space on a rock core earth with the slight memory of my descent and the feelings of millions of years lost. Who and what am I now? Since my past existence will not recognize this present form, I guess I am a caterpillar still evolving into a butterfly. My mind is a computer, my flesh is my spacesuit, my soul is the universal property of the one true God. I love me today for I will not exist tomorrow in this form. Evolution is my name and my descent to earth comes at a high price. This is love, love, and more love. The most painful experience and most beautiful experience. 
My living soul can never explain. My space suit by Joseph Buchanan. Ladies and gentlemen, that is so powerful. Oh my God, that got me so emotional right now because I didn't read none of these poems. Like this is my first time in six years cracking open my old poems and really reading it to someone. Because there's a part of me who felt like that part of my life was invalid. Those two or three years where I was struggling with addiction, where I wrote my greatest work. I wrote a whole book called Caterpillars and Butterflies, and I wrote hundreds of poems. And I wrote those poems to really document my life and my mind and my spirit at the time. And I was young. I mean, these poems I must have wrote between 27, 25, and like 27, 28. Uh, You know... And, you know, this touched me because that's some of the clearest words I could ever muster. And quite honestly, I write differently now. I wouldn't say better. I would say I write differently. But back then when I was writing, it was really intense. And so I'm sharing that with you guys in honor of the younger me. With love and compassion for the the person that was struggling with addiction, and today on our thirty fifth episode, I'm it's a call to action. Love yourself, past, present, and future. Love yourself through all the shortcomings and the mistakes. Love yourself. Have patience with yourself, and allow yourself to be free, breathe, and start anew. Look at your past as a lesson. The younger me was extremely sharp. I'm not. And, and this is my new thing. No more bashing our past. No more talking about the attic as if we were some low lives and some scums of the earth. Because we was all it was all about discovery. Right. I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't hurting anyone. I was hurting myself. Like I literally was just drinking in my own house. I had a duplex apartment. I was just drinking. I lost my house. It got rough for a couple of weeks and then I had to go get myself cleaned up. It was terrible. It was a dark period. Doesn't mean that I was a hellboy or the devil spawn. It doesn't mean that my poems, my thoughts, my music, my words, my love at the time was invalid. So we have to give give ourselves props and we have to give ourselves love. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because you're my family. And I'm asking us today to really love ourselves, good, bad, and ugly. All right? Um, I want to recap the importance of this episode. When I was walking... To, when I was walking towards the forest and the park where I'm at, um, I was asking God, I said, you know, I want to do, I want to share something. I, I have stuff on my chest that I want to share. And it was just a voice. God was just saying to me, he was just like, be authentic and tell your community how much you love them. And, and go back to where you started. Remember the pain and the sadness you was in when you felt like the world turned their back on you. Remember when you thought you was going to die and you wasn't going to make it. And then look at where you're at now and go back and have compassion for that young person. And in doing so, you must have compassion for everyone else that's currently fighting and struggling. You must have patience. You must have humility, right? So let's do a recap. We spoke about consistency. We opened the episode and we spoke about consistency, the importance of staying consistent with our dreams, our endeavors, our goals, our plans. Be consistent in whatever we do and we'll be great, right? 
That's the first thing. The second thing that we talked about was the power and the importance of being patient with ourselves and with others, especially others struggling with and in addiction. Okay, we have to be patient. We have to be compassionate. So if your husband or your wife is still struggling and you're sober, go home, hug them and kiss them. Tell them you love them. And if you're tough on them, apologize and remember how far you came because someone put an expiration date on me and I'm not done yet. I'm still here kicking. Okay, so they gave up on me and I commend them for that. It took courage for them to do that. But I'm not going to give up on the world and I'm not going to give up on you. And I'm certainly not going to give up on love. Right. And the next thing I want to talk about was the, the, the next thing we talked about was the law of attraction. And that's using the power of our minds and our thoughts. Now, listen, this is a real base concept. Thoughts become things. Your thoughts are real things. Your thoughts are like substratum and they have they be materialized into real things in life. You think and so it shall be, right? That's the original base law of the universe and it works. So if you think about negative things all day, you're going to have a negative and dark light. If you think about positive and uplifting things and you keep your vibration high and you stay hopeful and you talk to yourself with love and compassion and care, you're going to see transformation, right? And that brings us to the law of attraction. You can't have the law of attraction without the law of allowing. So you have to allow yourself to express yourself and be free. You have to allow yourself to live and, and and allow yourself to embrace okay and you have to also allow others to live right you have to allow others to be free all right ladies and gentlemen and um we're gonna start incorporating my poetry from the younger me who was struggling with addiction because my poems were beautiful i haven't written a poem since then i write i write lyrics but my lyrics are definitely different from my poetry. I'm a real poet. I'm a real and I'm proud to be a poet. And um, and I'm going to start sharing the young, the younger, my poems from a different time in my life because I have to honor me back then, too. OK, I'm not going to lock myself away to pass me away like I was some type of animal. You know, being an addict is too much of a stigma on it. Hey, everyone is good, could go out and drink and they everyone has they they thing that they do. We were just allergic to it. So and we just had an aversion to it. So we shouldn't beat ourselves up for having a disease. Right. We shouldn't beat ourselves up for being allergic. So love yourself and have compassion and let's rejoice and thank God that we're free from our addiction and we can live a new day. Right. And we have the power to share and pay it forward and change the world one day and one person at a time. So if you want to read more of my poems from a younger different time you could go google poems joseph buchanan poems my name has an e at the end so you spell joseph with an e at the end buchanan poems on poem hunter hey i wrote these poems when i was i I, I published these poems while i was thick in my addiction so i wrote them sometimes it might be spelling errors it might be grammatical errors but i said look i don't know if i'm gonna die i have to leave something to the world and when I read these poems again, I'm like, whoa, right? I was right on, huh? And although I wasn't perfect, I still left something good that was a record. 
And we have to embrace ourselves past, present, and future and love ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Joseph Pop Buchanan, host of the Sober's Dope podcast, lyricist, inventor, businessman, poet, artist, all of that. I love you guys. Thank you for jamming with me. All right. Um, shout out to everyone in the Sober's Dope universe. Everyone that's listening. I see you out there. I love you guys. Yo, Billy, yo, Tanner, yo, Zachary, yo, Tiff. Yo, everyone out there. We did it, baby. And we doing it. Let's keep going. Catch you guys on the other side. I'm floating on the skies again. Riding on the waves Up to the atmosphere Floating up to space I finally know where I'm going Based on my mistake Only God is my guiding light For everything you say I went from karate and books to art creatures My speech was a part of the brook, I'm God's feature Taught Illuminati was crooks with dark laws It's warfare and most of us look like dark boards Welfare, farewell and TV lies Take the mind out of hell, then you see me rise Not confined to my cells or a 3D mind Outside of your helix and TV blinds I'm the light and the phoenix I fly above the dark night on my demons I'm high because on my flight I'm the zenith I speak through tones a lot of nights with a the boom is in tune with home. I got a room in my mind, not in tune with time. A lot of room in this room, cause this room is blind. I'm consumed with the fumes as my spirit climbs up the vertical ladders of my human spine. I'm floating on the skies again, riding on the waves, up to the atmosphere, floating up to space. I finally know where I'm going, based on my mistake. Hostile a visa to the pussy viva Getting mushy with divas A dough hook is the fever The left hook is the cheaper Never shook is the Libra How I balance the greener Fast to die according to FEMA No death cancer according to FEMA Saw the dead dance Snake had to poison the leader Saw the feds dance No hate can't poison my psyche Close my eyelids Escape through the quantum psyche I'm Osiris Yes To freedom from the evil one God bless America Wait till the eagle come It gets scarier Look at what the people done Laugh at Leviticus Watch when the sequel comes The good witness heard the hood listening God sent choirs and angels No differences Embrace love, peace and high blessings That's outside time, space and dimension I'm floating on the skies again Riding on the waves Up to the atmosphere Floating up to space I finally know where I'm going Based on my mistake Only God is my guiding light But everything is stays Everything you stay.